We hope you enjoy this message from St. Martin C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. At the moment, we are going through a series called Relate, and uh, in particular, looking at our relationship with God and how we, in that relationship, learn how we relate to others. Because surely if God is God and knows how life works, the way he relates to us will give us the, the guidance and the truth of how we're to relate to each other. Does that make sense? So we, you know, our relationships around our lives should look somewhat like our relationships with Christ. And if there's kind of a mismatch there, then we need to sort of process that with God, don't we, and, and work that one through. So last week we looked at one of the first aspects of God that we encounter in our relationship with him is grace. He extends grace to us. He extends his grace to us so that we can come to him. He's taken the initiative and has reached out to us. He loved us first. And then we respond to that love. So grace comes first in our relationship with God. And just like grace opens up a relationship with God, grace opens up relationships around our lives. Does that make sense? If you extend grace to everyone you meet, trust me, it'll open up relationships around your life. Does that make sense? Because you're a nice person to be around. You, know, you, you actually care about the people that you're talking to. You know, that you, you're not harsh and you haven't got sharp edges. You're gracious. You're accepting. You're engaging. You're loving the world around you. And we see that as Jesus related to the world around him. He extended grace. So if that's kind of the first thing that we see as people encounter Jesus, what's another aspect or the next thing that we see? Well, let's dive into Luke chapter 9. And there's a couple of interesting passages in this, um, in this chapter where Jesus has some pretty direct words to say to people. And it may not sound that gracious to you, but we'll, we'll work that through in a minute. Luke 9 verse 57, it says this, As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. So a man comes up to Jesus and says, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, well, foxes have holes, uh, foxes have dens, sorry, and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. In other words, you know, you're not signing up for a cruisy life here. This is, this is hard going. You know, we do a lot of traveling. And then he said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Sounds like a pretty reasonable request, doesn't it? And Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Again, a pretty reasonable request, right? And Jesus replied, No one who puts their hand to the plough and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. I don't think any of us are going to match up to this. This is really challenging. He then says in um, verse 23 of the same chapter, whoever wants to be my, my disciple, a follower of mine, must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save, save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. 
What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their own self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man, will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. So Jesus, you know, he's so gracious and so loving and going, come and, you know, I'll give you miracles and pray for you and teach you and feed you and all this lovely stuff. And then he goes, now this is what it means to follow me. What is going on here? You know, what's your first impression as you hear those words? If Jesus said that to you, would you be offended? I, I think you would be. You'd be like, hang on, well, Jesus, you're expecting a lot here. And it seems a bit unreasonable. But we've got to have a little bit of context here. What we need to see is when it says follow, that doesn't mean like a Facebook like, okay? That's, we're not talking about the same thing here. It's not where, you know, like Facebook where you kind of like someone and then you kind of, or someone posts something and go, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm following them on Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is now. And then you go, ah, no, I'm not going to be friends with you anymore and we won't go into all the offence that that causes and all that sort of drama. But that's not what we're talking about here. This isn't kind of people, these conversations that Jesus is having, it's not like we're talking about a relationship where of just that day. When disciples chose their Messiah or their, their teacher to follow, their rabbi to follow, what they were doing is they were committing their whole lives to that person. They said, look, whatever you say I will and do, I will do. I'm completely dedicated to you. That, that was the culture of the day. And we see that with Peter and James and John and the disciples, those who are close to Jesus. They got this. They realized, man, they were walking away from their livelihoods, their families, everything. If they wanted to follow Jesus, it was all in. It was total dedication. And so what Jesus is saying here is he's going, hey, if you're part of the crowd and you're just listening to my teaching, that's fine. I don't have that expectation on you to, to, to do what these guys are doing. You know, there was a whole lot of people that Jesus encountered where he didn't put these expectations on them. But those that said, hey, I want to be close to you. I want to be your friends. I want to be your disciple. For those close to him, Jesus was very clear on what he brought to the relationship and what he expected from the person who is, he was relating to. He clarified the expectations up front to make it really clear. He didn't sort of go, oh yeah, come along, just join the crew, no worries, let's go. And then we'll just add all these conditions along the way. No, Jesus says, I have come to bring God's life to you. And this will change your world forever. And if you want to be my disciple, if you want to do what I'm doing, it's going to be two or three years out of your life, which is going to be total dedication where you have to obey me completely. But you'll get to do incredible things. You'll, you'll bring the kingdom of God. But that's the deal. Here's my expectations, just being really clear of what's expected in the relationship. And that's where we're going today. Last week we looked at how we, we give grace to everyone we're in relationship with, right? We, we extend grace to everyone. But we clarify our expectations with those that we are close to. Now that doesn't work in every context. Just like Jesus didn't clarify these expectations to every single person he met. Like when you walk into a shop, you don't have to, uh, you know, 
be buying some clothes and then with the shop assistant go, now just to clarify our relationship here, let's just work it out. What are you going to do in this relationship? What am I going to... No, that, okay, that's not appropriate. No, that's not cool. You know, not, not needed. But for those in our family, for those who are our friends, maybe those that we work closely with, those that are close around your life, what Jesus is saying is clarify the expectations in the relationship. And we see Jesus do this with Peter. Matthew chapter 4. As Jesus was walking, along, walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me. Well, just three words that lay out the expectations for the next three years of their lives. Just like that. And Jesus said, uh, uh, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Wow, imagine that. Just like, okay, we've got this business going, this fishing business, but nope, now we're disciples of Jesus. Let's go. And so that's what they did. And they, they realized that the expectation that Jesus had of them and they were clear as to what Jesus brought to the relationship. They were clear as what was expected in that relationship. And then Jesus died on the cross. He rose again. But Peter was the one that denied Jesus, and he felt really stink about that. And he went, well, I've blown it. I have completely failed Jesus. He expected more of me, and I failed his expectations. What am I going to do now? What do you do? He went back to his fishing business. What do you expect? And so then Jesus comes and meets him, and they have this discussion again at the same place on the shores of Galilee about fishing. In John chapter 21, verse 15, it says, When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? In other words, he's saying, Make a choice, Peter. Let's just lay out the expectations again. I'm all for this. I'm all for backing you and you serving in my kingdom. But make a choice. You're either all in or you're going back to fishing. Let's, let's clarify the expectations again. Jesus was very clear on what he expected of Peter. And like Simon Peter, Christ has called us, or every one of us, to a higher life. Now, it may not mean that we have to give up our, um, our business and, and serve him full time, but it means that we hold our whole lives surrendered to God and say, God, you do with what you will with what I have, what you've given me. His expectation is that he will give us a life now and a life forever in heaven, but in exchange, we give all of our lives to him. The expectations in our relationship with God are very clear. And if you're here today and you go, mate, that's a bit full on. I don't, know. I don't know about all that. I don't know if that's worth it. Give up my whole life, every choice that I'll ever make, and I surrender it to God and what he wants. Well, why would I do that? Because as we were praying before, God is so good, and his purpose for your life is so good that it's worth giving up your life for. And that's what millions of people around the world have discovered as Jesus has laid out that expectation and people have responded to that, they've realized a depth of relationship that can't be known in any other way. 
And if you want to know more about that, come and chat with us afterwards. We'd love to have that conversation of what it means to step into a relationship with God. And for those who have walked with Christ for many years, we know what God expects of us. If we're honest with ourselves, we know what God expects of us. What he expects of us in the relationship and what we're expecting of him in the relationship. So how does that translate to how we relate to each other? Well, you're probably already making some connections here. But obviously, it is very helpful for those that we are close to to be very clear on our expectations in the relationship. And as Kiwis, I don't think we're very good at this, to be honest. There's a whole lot of kind of... Yeah, see, even there's sort of words like kind of, sort of, you know. (laughs) There's a whole lot of assumptions that go on, and there's a whole lot of guessing, and we kind of hope that we just kind of work it out. And, yeah, I think, yeah, good, yeah, good, yeah, okay, okay, we're good. And and it's like, what does that mean? (laughs) Let's let's talk this out. So let's, let's unpack this with a little bit more detail. One of the first things that it means is this that in our relationships with each other, we are honest about our commitment to the relationship and our commitments within the relationship. Let me give you just a a really simple practical example. Let's say a friend of yours says, hey, I'm moving house. Could you help me next Saturday move house? Now, that's all that they're doing is going, hey, here's an expectation I have in the relationship. And you can say yes or no to whether you'll meet that expectation or not but they're making it clear. But when you think about it, there's, a lack, there's somewhat of a lack of clarity in that. Do you know what I mean? Like, if, if you're anything like me, um, you've, you've helped lots of people move over the years, and I remember years ago, um, I, someone says, oh, can you help me move on, on, you know, next Saturday? I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, what time do you want me to be there? Nine o'clock, yeah, sure, be there at nine o'clock. Showed up to help them move, and, like, nothing was ready. Like, there was nothing in boxes, you know, and, and what they meant by this is, can you help me pack the whole house and then move? You know, so like eight o'clock that night, we finally get them moved in. So it's like, okay, uh, your expectation of what moving looks like and my expectation of what moving looks like, a little bit different, you know. So if I'm, help, if I'm asking my friends to help me move now, I say, look, could you give me a hand moving the big stuff in my house between nine and 12 next Saturday? Do you see what I mean? It's just a little bit clearer. It's like, okay, the the more we clarify expectations in a relationship, the better off we'll be. And that applies to our commitments within that relationship. Here's here's another thing Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 37. This is in the, um, the Living Bible. It says this, just say just a simple, yes, I will, or no, I won't. Your word is enough. To strengthen your promise with a vow shows that there is something wrong. I quite like that. It's very practical. You know, so often we want to over-promise in our relationships. We want to be liked, right? We want people to like us. So we go, yeah, yeah, I'll do that for you. But don't over-promise and under-deliver. Because what you're doing then is you're going, yeah, I'm really committed to you, but then when you don't follow through on that commitment, that person's going, well, can I trust you? Simply clarify your commitment. Just be really clear on it. Uh, as, as people get connected into this church at St. Martin's, um, many of you would have uh, met with either Claire, John, T or I as you've commit, connected into the church. And 
part of that discussion is, hey, what, what, how is, what is the spiritual journey that you've been on looks like? And, and how have you been involved in church in, in the past? And what is, what is your expectation of being involved in our church now? And there are some people that connect into church and go, look, I've just been so busy in my, own ch- my church that I've come from or whatever, and, and it just really burnt me out, and I just need a year just to breathe and, and not serve in the church. And I go, that's cool. Okay, we know. The expectations are laid out really clearly. Other people go, man, I just feel that God's given me so much to, to do and to serve, and, you know, just, just give it to me. I'm ready to go. And I go, great, okay, let's, let's plug you in somewhere and give you a job to do. But let's, let's just lay out the expectations really clearly rather than having this, all this stuff that is unsaid. Does that make sense? And when you look at relationships around your life, think through if they're not going as well as they could be, are the expectations clear in the relationship? Or is the commitment that you've made to the relationship or the other person made to the relationship, is there a bit of a mismatch there? Because as soon as there is, there's going to be resentment. As soon as there is, there's going to be tension. But one of the obvious ones of this is kind of when you're dating, you know, you're going out, you're, you're, you've, you've found this special person, or you think you might have found this special person, and you start going out together, and it's, it's this kind of tricky dance, isn't it, of... Okay, how committed are you? Well, I don't know. How committed are you? (laughs) Where is this relationship going? And there needs to be multiple conversations along that journey. Otherwise, it kind of ends in a lot of tears, doesn't it? When When there's a mismatch of what's expected of the relationship. See, the more important or the closer the relationship is to us, the clearer the expectations need to be. You've got that? Is that cool? Jesus knew this. He modelled it, and he's expecting us to do the same. So be clear on the commitment and the commitments that you're making in the relationship. Here's the second one. Be clear on what you're expecting of the other person in the relationship. Jesus was very clear on this. And, and we all make assumptions. Now, I, we get this. You know, like You're driving along the road. You're assuming, even though you haven't got much of a relationship with the driver ahead of you or beside you or whatever, you have an expectation they're going to drive appropriately and not crash into you, right? And then some people really surprise you and let you down in those expectations. Now, what happens then? Then you have to adjust your expectations and go, okay, lunatic driver in front of me, be very careful, go in the other lane or do, do something else. But here's the thing is that assumptions are needed because we, we can't clarify expectations and our expectations in every relationship in our lives. But those that we can do or where someone doesn't meet our expectation, we have to readjust and work that one through. You either have to distance yourself from that relationship and go, okay, I... I've poured my life in here and I'm, I'm giving out to this person. I'm, there's nothing coming back the other way. Okay, I might need to just create a bit of distance to protect myself here. Or you may have to adjust your expectation in the relationship. You might have thought this person was going to be, um, every, or, you know, fulfill certain needs in your life and you thought, right, that's my expectation and they're not meeting their expectation or they can't meet that expectation. Well, rather than being resentful and grumpy and annoyed at them, maybe you just need to adjust your expectation. 
Um, like, if you're part of this church, um, you know, I'm your pastor and you have certain expectations of me. I'm sure that, I hope that for many of you I meet those expectations, but I'm sure that there are times that I haven't met your expectation. And, and you go, oh, okay, what do I do with that? Um, well, come and talk to me, maybe. <laughs> They're a really good thing to do. Because here's the third thing. If someone doesn't meet those expectations in the relationship, renegotiate the expectation. Use your words, just like your mum said, you know. <laughs> Use your words and go, hey, can, can, we, can we have a discussion around this? Because this is kind of what I was expecting. When you said we're meeting at 10 o'clock, I kind of thought you'd be there at 10 o'clock or maybe two minutes past 10, but thereabouts, you know, and you weren't there. So what's, what's going on there? Like, clarify the expectation. As I talk to people around um, the church, one of the, one of the ones that I find really interesting about this is um, family gatherings. There's nothing like, and maybe this is for the Parks family today, as you gather as a family. You know, when you gather as a Christmas or you gather for a family birthday or a dedication or something like that, and, and you all get together, you all come with very different expectations, right, on how this is going to go. Like, who's bringing what food? Where are we going to meet? How long is it going to go for? The conversations that are going to have. And it's just such a fascinating dynamic, isn't it? They, when, when there's this blending of expectations and relationships and you go, hmm, this is going to be interesting how this all goes. Because we all have to kind of do a juggle and, and, and work this out together. But that's healthy. It's healthy for us to go, okay, what does this look like in my marriage? What does this look like in my, with my family and my friends? And how do you know? How do you know you've clarified the expectations where you've got it right? Well, here's some questions to consider. Is there any resentment in your life? Okay. So think about the relationships around your life, maybe at work or in your family, and go, am I a bit annoyed by someone around me? Do they, they, do they rub me up the wrong way? Or am I just like going, oh, just wish, I just wish, oh, could they only just do this? Do they not get it? You know, is there resentment around your life? That's the cue, that's the clue. What expectation, so when, you, when, you, when you've identified somewhere in your life there's a resentment, wherever there's a resentment, there is a lack of clarity of an expectation. Okay? There's, there's not agreement in your relationship. So look for, agree, look for resentment, and then when you find that resentment, go, what expectation did the person not meet? My children, they never emptied the dishwasher. No, actually, my children are very good at emptying the dishwasher. Um, you know, what, I, what did I expect in this relationship, and what need are they not meeting, or what expectation are, not, are they not meeting? And then ask yourself the question, was I clear with them in what I expected in the relationship? And what you'll often find is that there are things that you just go, yeah, but they should just know that, right? They should just know that. But here's the thing. Don't think a wrong assumption will naturally correct itself. They've made an assumption, you've made an assumption, and it doesn't just fix itself by ignoring it, okay? 
Don't expect the other person to be the mind reader. Now, when you go and you talk to the person and go, okay, hey, here's what I expected and here was kind of what I understood this, how this was going to work and it, and it hasn't happened, can we talk about it? That's, that, that's healthy and that's good and that, that you may resolve it then, you may not, but don't just leave it and expect it to fix itself and just be grumpy and resentful. That's not what God wants. That's not what he, how he sees our relationships working. How he sees our relationships working is that we extend grace and as we extend grace to people, we clarify our expectations in the relationship. Now, there are two dangers, obviously, as you start to have that conversation with someone. You'll, you can either be really pushy or really passive in that, in that conversation. And you'll be one or the other. We all lean one or the other way on this. No, none of us are perfect on this. You know? and, and the way I've heard this described, and I think it's, it's actually a very clever analogy, is a Labrador coming across a hedgehog. Have you ever seen that? You can imagine it. You know how fun-loving Labradors are, right? Eh? They're, just, they're just crazy. They're just like, ah. You imagine a Labrador pup running around your section, going, sniffing out everything, checking out everything. And then he comes across a hedgehog. What's he going to do? He's going to go, he's going to bark at it and he's going to play with it. And this poor little hedgehog, what's it going to do? It's going to crawl up into a ball, stick his spikes out and just hope that he can ride this thing out. Like, oh, I don't know what's happening right now, but I just need to get through this. Whereas the Labrador is going, play with me, play with me. Come on, let's go. Let's, 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 let's relate. Let's have fun, you know. And there will be, and, and often in marriages, this is the way it goes, there's a person that's the Labrador going, come on, let's talk this out, let's, let's resolve this, let's, let's go, we need to get through this. And there will be a, there'll be a hedgehog in the relationship going, oh, just give me a bit of time, give me a bit of space here, let, let me just, I need to process this. Am I connecting? Yeah. You, you can, I'll leave it up to your imagination which way round Ginny and I are just in our relationship? <laughs> if, you, if you can't figure that out, man, you don't know me very well. <laughs> so if you're two Labradors, that could get a bit interesting. If you're two hedgehogs, mate, that can get really interesting. You, need, you may need even a, help, a mediator to kind of help kind of uncurl each other and start talking to each other. But here's the thing is... The goal is that we clarify expectations. We don't demand, okay? It's, this isn't the conversation to go, to accuse and go, do you know what, how, you, how much you've let me down and how you always... Da, da, da. No, 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 no. That's, that's not the way you approach the conversation. It's where you go, hey, here's what I expected. Here was, here was how I understood this working out. Can you just clarify for me what you were expecting? Because as you listen and as you ask about their expectations, it, may, it will help you come to an understanding and you go, ah, oh, right, I see we, we were mismatched on this. The Labrador needs to calm down a bit and the hedgehog needs to open up a bit and you'll find a way forward together. So, and that's, that's the third point here. We move forward in agreement together. That's God's ideal for relationships. Not one person dominating the other person not uh, one person getting all their way in a relationship and the other person just having to go along with it. But our adult relationships are meant to be where two people can walk together in agreement towards the same purpose together. 
Amos 3 verse 3, New Living Translation says this, Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? In other words, if you're going to move forward in your relationship towards an agreed direction, then you have to be in agreement. And the disciples were, well, on the whole. Um, they understood that being in this relationship with Jesus required certain things of them, and it was going to be pretty demanding, but it was going to be worth it. Jesus says these words in Matthew 18, Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. It's implied gather in agreement together. It is very powerful when we walk in a relationship with each other where there's a mutually agreed way forward. And if there isn't, then negotiate. In every adult relationship, in all, that you, in all your interactions, there should be the freedom to negotiate. If there isn't the freedom to negotiate, ask yourself, why am I giving away power to someone that I don't need to give away power to? And if you are feeling that no one is actually having that conversation with you where they're negotiating anything with you and trying to come to agreement with you, then you've got to have a hard look at yourself and go, why am I so domineering? Why does it always have to be my way? You might say, well, I'm the boss, so it just kind of works like that. Yeah, you can be the boss, but hey, at the end of the day, you can be listening to your employees. You can be understanding them. A good boss is going to be uh, really clear on what their expectations are of their employees, and the employees understand those expectations and appreciate that the boss isn't too uh, demanding or that the, the expectations are reasonable and they can be met. So the goal in our relationships, where all of this is going, is imagine the relationships around your life, whether your marriage, whether it's your, with your kids, with your friends, with others in church, in your work, workplaces. Imagine if there's this mutual respect for each other. There's an agreement together. There's no resentment. There's nothing that is unsaid. There's nothing kind of hidden, no hidden agendas. There's honesty, there's vulnerability, there's clarity, and there's a, a moving forward together. Wouldn't life be good? Wouldn't relationships around your life, wouldn't that be so healthy? Do you think? Are you with me on that one? Well, how we get to that place is we follow the example of Jesus and we clarify the expectations we have in the close relationships around our lives. We're honest about our commitments to the relationship. We are clear about what we bring and what we're expecting of the other person. And we are seeking mutually, not demanding or not passive just walking away, but mutually working together to find a way forward together. If we can do that as a church, if we can be a church that's full of grace to those who come in, if we can be a church that as we get closer together in our connect groups and, and serving together and worshipping together and, and we can be clear and honest about the expectations that we have, we will go so much deeper in our relationships together and the relationships will be strengthened and they will be God-honouring relationships. 
because God will be able to use those relationships to further his purpose through our community together. And he will be on it. That's, that's what good relating looks like. God has shown us a way of what it looks like. And may we have his strength to walk in that way. May we be empowered by his spirit to have those conversations that need to be had. Sound good? Can we do that? Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.